Hello and welcome to the World Bank Teachers Podcast, a conversation on the use of technology to train and support teachers globally. My name is Mariah O'Mara and I am the Head of Communications at Global Education Nonprofit 100, an organization based out of Helsinki, Finland. I'm very pleased to be here today with three very special guests, Manal Quota, Senior Education Specialist at the World Bank, Agustin Fores, the Director Regional at the Latin American Fundación Varki, Samir Samhat, co-founder of Global School Leaders, or GSL. Today, we are going to be talking about the Teachers for a Changing World Spotlight, a global contest launched by the World Bank and 100 last December that aimed to crowdsource tech-based solutions to teacher professional development. That's what we do at 100. We partner with organizations looking to highlight education innovations in either a specific region or on a particular theme, in this case, teacher professional development. This was our most successful call to date, and from a pool of over 400 applications, the teams identified the 10 most impactful and scalable programs, dubbed the T for T champions. In this episode, we will discuss how two of these champions have integrated technology into their teacher professional development programs to ensure that teachers are engaged with the materials provided and that their programs achieve the desired impact on teaching practices. We will also discuss what lessons we can learn from these experiences on how to leverage technology to support teachers remotely. Now to get started, Minal, can you give us an overview of the overall context of how identifying global solutions to teacher professional development, particularly in light of this contest, is relevant to the challenges that education systems face today? Great question, Mariah. And once again, thank you so much um, for moderating this session. And thank you to our T4T champions, Samir and Augustine, who are joining us today for this exciting conversation. This campaign is all about teachers, and how we can better support them. And we're really looking at teacher professional development and how technology can be integrated to enhance the delivery of professional development for teachers. And teachers matter because we know and the evidence consistently illustrates that teachers matter a lot. They're at the heart of learning. They are the single most important school-based factor for enhancing students' academic and socio-emotional learning outcomes. So it only makes sense that we need to invest in systems that support them and allow them to teach effectively in classrooms so that in turn, students can learn. So this campaign really came about because of the fact that teachers often across the globe don't really receive effective professional development support, and they are often teaching without the right tools, resources, and knowledge. The COVID-19 pandemic really deepened what we at the World Bank are calling the learning crisis that even though a large number of students are in classrooms, a good portion of those students are actually not learning anything. And like I've said before, for them to learn, we need to make sure that there are teachers that are facilitating that learning process. So this campaign was essentially looking at, okay, how can we support practitioners and policymakers actually implement effective TPD practices leveraging technology? Because we've seen during pandemic how remote and hybrid learning pretty much became the way to ensure education continuity and that roles of teachers are changing. And if that role is changing, we need to also adapt how we support them. So this campaign really looked at the question of how can education systems best harness technology to enhance and scale teacher professional developments? 
Thank you so much for drawing a line under the importance of implementation, Manal, and particularly during this time. Now, I would like to pose this question to both Augustine and Samir, but I want to ask you first, Augustine, you're joining us today from Argentina. Could you describe the context you work in and the motivation behind your teacher professional development program? Yes, of course. First of all, thank you very much for the invitation, for the conversation, and we are very excited with this kind of recognition spotlight that allow us to scale the impact of what we are doing. Uh, actually, Comunidad Tenea is a social network for teachers. It's a community, it's a platform for a community of teachers working together for professional development, for the implementation of new innovations into the classrooms. But first of all, it's a community. What we want here is to put teachers together, to build the platform that could help teachers to be connected, to be working with others. Like what we had last year and in the past as well is teachers isolated, working on their classrooms, but not connected with other teachers. So our first and main goal was to build a community. Then once we were building the community of teachers that place for mutual collaboration, we need to build something that was attractive, useful, and with strong impact for them to take it into the classroom. So that's how we design, we dream about building Comunidad Atenea as a social network, a place where teachers come together, they can share innovations, they can follow the innovation of other teachers, and with that, they can replicate the impact of many good initiatives that are already working in some classrooms, but are, they are not known in others. So by building this social network, this space, this platform, this community, we are having impact in more than 15,000 teachers across the region, and many more that are still joining us and coming together. Wow, that's incredible that you've been able to impact the lives of so many teachers. You mentioned community, and I'd really like to learn more about how your teachers, particularly during COVID, have been able to use Comunidad Atena to, to form this community in such an isolating time. Yes, of course. There are many stories, many that we know, and thousands that we don't know, because they are working together behind the platform. They are they met at the platform, they share their projects, they upload projects and ideas, and they are being used by other teachers. And we don't know many of the times what is going on, but it's good that they are connected. There is one story that for me was a highlight of last year that, you know, we have a, a founding father in Argentina, but in many countries in Latin America, that is San Martin. That is one of the founding fathers who work for the very hard for the independence of Argentina, Chile, Peru, and other countries in the region. Um, and last year, in August, we celebrate the anniversary of San Martin, and we realized through a newspaper that a few teachers were working together in the different countries to celebrate this hero in the same event. They put together students from these three countries, from Chile, from Argentina, from Peru, and the, the students were sharing what happened in the history of their countries. And then we saw the teachers working together for the celebration. And it was an amazing experience for the students, like for the students working together. It was the first time that they were in touch with other countries. And that was because the teachers get connected and get, I will say, trust among them. 
So teachers get to know each other. They start planning things together. They get confident that they can do things bigger and, and new for the schools. And that trust among teachers uh, is what we need because with that, it's like playing any sports like a team. It's building teams of teachers. So on that case and many others, teachers start working together and do new things. Like for the students, was everything new. And it was very easy at the same time. It was not that we need an amazing technology or something very expensive. It was just to be connected, to become a team and to work together. It's what inspired teachers to come, to join the platform and to scale the impact of what they are actually doing. Thank you so much for sharing that story and for also underlining the importance of trust and how even in a time where we were all so isolated, people were really coming together. Now, Samir, jumping to you, you're joining us today from California, from the Bay Area. Can you tell us a little bit about the context you're working in or where else GSL is working and how you are helping to build teacher professional development? Yes, thank you. And uh, first of all, thank you for, for having me on this podcast and for highlighting our work. We really kind of appreciate uh, all of the work you're doing to showcase initiatives to support teachers and schools. Uh, so my organization, Global School Leaders, we work on uh, supporting school leadership. And to address what Manal was speaking about earlier, which is that we have this crisis of learning in schools. When COVID first struck in kind of March and April in the countries where we work, we, we ran a rapid survey of school leaders to see what the principals thought were the main needs of their schools at that time. And the 2000 principles, student well-being, remote learning, and communicating with students were the three major needs that they saw. So we designed a program, Project Upia, to support school leaders to address these needs and, uh, and to kind of mobilize the resources at their schools, and particularly the teachers, to kind of go out and reach out to communities and, and work with students on this. So this program that we've developed has been adopted in, in countries in Peru and Nigeria, Uganda, Kenya, India. So Project Upia is an open portal of resources for schools, and it covers the three main topics. So it covers remote learning, how to kind of engage with remote learning, how to use technology for management of the school processes and kind of pushing towards reopening. And so we've seen the partners that I mentioned in the various countries use this in, in a variety of ways. And that's, I think, one of the things that, that we knew going in is that there would be individual needs in, in specific countries. And so we wanted to design this as kind of a set of open source resources that people can use as their helpful to them in their context. So for example, our partner in uh, Malaysia, Bemim Bin, they did a lot to mobilize the, their school leaders and, and their teachers to try to identify students that had kind of basic well-being needs during the pandemic. And they found that in, in one of their schools, uh, there's 80 families that didn't have basic food supplies in the early days of the pandemic when um, there was a lot of uncertainty and wage laborers were getting kind of hit hardest. And so that school was able to mobilize the teachers to raise resources to provide food packets for that set of 80 families. And like this, we've seen many stories of school communities that have gone well above and beyond to meet the student needs, whatever they may be, right? So kind of one of the earlier points, I think COVID has made not only the learning needs more dramatic, but the needs of the whole child are kind of more apparent to our educators. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to think about context. And we talk about 
context a lot at 100, right? How can we increase scale, but also still be mindful of the context? And that was such a great example of how in some places, even just getting food to students was difficult. And that's what, you know, teachers really focused on. I'd like to go back to you, Augustine, and, and ask, what is your advice for organizations that train pedagogical leaders such as GSL to leverage networks like the Varkey Foundation to reach a larger number of teachers? It's a really good question, and we have an answer together. Samir, if you agree, we can share it here, but with Normal School Leaders and the Varkey Foundation, we have been working this year building a network with UNESCO to put together school principals from all over the world to understand what are the challenges, what are some of the solutions. There is a report coming out at the end of the year with a guide for the future of school principals. It's important that we work together between different organizations. We cannot think the future of education or the solutions for teachers or how to improve professional development if we work isolated. The same that happened with teachers that need to be connected happened to organizations and as well to governments. And we need to build a bigger table for mutual collaboration. Of course, to work together, take more time. It's not easy. We are all running with our agendas, but we need to set up some time apart to work together, to learn from each other in order to improve what we are doing. And that is going to improve the, the quality, but also will help us to scale. We need to open the table, open the dialogue, and listen, learn, find new solutions together. The, the solution is together. I love that. I love build a bigger table. And when is that report coming out? December. We're going to present it in Rwanda, but then it's going to be global. And it's what are the challenges and solutions for school principals around the world? We are having monthly discussions with school principals, and it's amazing to learn that problems in Asia, in Africa, are similar in Latin America, in America, in Europe. We are working on the, on the same field and we are finding that, that as we share issues, we share solutions. Are you also providing, Augustine, are you also providing teaching and learning materials or support materials or it's just connection through the social network yeah. platforms? And I'm wondering if that's similar to also what Samir, because it's awesome that you're saying you guys are now also can potentially connect, but I'm wondering if that's also similar to the model that Samir is talking about? Really good question. No, no, for sure that we are sharing, designing uh, material is not only the connection. Our platform, as you know, is Comunidad Enea. So as I said before, it's about building a community. But for that, we need the best content also to attract the people to come in. And we built something, we had MOOCs, this massive online courses that are always available that you can do whenever you want. We have courses that are synchronic that you have to attend to some different uh, specific times. And we create, that for me is the most creative thing we did, we created Experiencia Atenea. Unidad Atenea, the platform, and these Atenea experiences are short courses that we deliver every week. And the magic is that they are delivered through different platforms. So you have YouTube presentation of the content. You have WhatsApp groups with your colleagues to discuss. We have some meetings where you have to come in, discuss, and share what you are doing. But the most impactful thing is we are working a lot through WhatsApp. It's not only connecting the teachers. It's like they receive homework on WhatsApp that they have to submit. 
and share with other colleagues what they are doing. So we put content on the courses, on these Atenea experiences, and also the teachers bring content. So both of those happen at the platform. I love that you're able to use so many different channels to connect with teachers. And one thing we focused on was low resource contexts. And I want to ask you, Samir, if somebody wanted to implement your program in low resource context, what would they have to do to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the key things that we've done in designing this is we've really thought about how this is going to kind of translate into the school community. So I think one big thing is the school leader themselves are kind of an often underutilized resource at the school, right? So oftentimes the school leader can mobilize teachers in a way, teachers that may not be connected by a WhatsApp or the internet. And so I think just um, being conscious of if we're trying to work with teachers, who are the stakeholders that we can get to ensure that all teachers or more teachers have a voice and have access to resources. Specifically on the technology side, our materials, very simple kind of PowerPoint decks that people can then use and grab from and that can be you know shared over WhatsApp, can be shared via synchronous Zoom sessions. You can use the notes in there to conduct trainings for your teachers and your school leaders. We've also have a set of specific materials that uh, schools can use that are very targeted, very like specific to the moment during COVID. What we've found with the school leaders that have been using uh, and the organizations that have been using the materials is that they've found that the school leaders are coming back to them and, and suggesting new ideas for how this can be used. And so we've been trying to integrate that into the efforts as well. Oh, so you both mentioned the importance of school leaders and leadership for successful teacher professional development. So what other key supporting factors would you say make for successful implementation? And I'll ask you specifically, Samir. So we think that for professional development broadly, you need what we call the three C's. So content, coaching, and community. And so what we've developed with Upia is the kind of base level of content. And by content, we mean materials that are, what I was saying earlier, kind of practice-based and practical. So that's content you can use in your schools tomorrow and, and content that forces you to practice the skills that you need as a school leader or teacher. The core of UPIA is the content. At GSL, we've worked with organizations to provide the second C, which is coaching. So how do you have school leaders that can get one-on-one -on -one support? And that takes many different forms. So that could be there's one person uh, that's kind of checking in with the schools regularly to see what they need and how things are going. It could be that there's a place where schools can come to to ask questions so they get troubleshooting help. And then the third C that we think is really important for professional development is what Augustine has been touching on, which is community. So how can school leaders and even teachers all interact with each other and learn from each other. And so the core for us in terms of how to really support educators during this moment of COVID and school reopening is making sure that they all have access to the three C's. Thank you. Thank you so much, Samir. For both of you, could you give us some overall lessons learned on leveraging technology to make the content engaging, encouraging, and active learning from the beneficiaries? One thing that we need to do here is to help teachers to feel comfortable to build a school climate or the, the environment to be able to make mistakes. And it's not only for technology, but it's particularly useful for technology. We need an environment where for innovation to happen, we need to be aware that we can make mistakes in between. We can try. We will need the support of others. And for the inclusion of technology, this is critical. Because teachers will not embrace technology if they are afraid, if they feel 
that they are being observed, that they will be criticized. And that is very related with what we talked at the beginning about trust. So I will say for innovation, we need trust. We need uh, a good school climate, a good environment that is open for innovation. Once we have that as the basics, the possibility to, then the technology will do amazing things on the classrooms and on the school because it has a lot of benefits in order to do some individualization with the content and the follow-up of the students, allowing them to run at different speeds. But nothing of that will happen if there is not an environment of friendship, trust, and a good school climate. I would say uh, that is the first challenge that we have. Then we can discuss about technology. I think similar to Augustine, the greatest technology that we have is humans, first and foremost, particularly during this crisis at the part of human technology, really, that we should be capturing is leadership, because this is a time where all standard operating procedures have kind of got thrown out the window. We're at a time of huge uncertainty. And so I think the biggest divide that we saw during the crisis was not in a technology divide, it was more of a leadership divide, right? So where we saw leadership at the school level that was able to engage students, you had students who were feeling safe, were getting their needs met, and potentially learning, whether those students were connected via technology or not. And then in, in cases where students did have that, even if they had the best technology in the world, they might not have had a good schooling experience during the pandemic. So I think just to reiterate what Augustine was saying in terms of the human aspect being critically important and the culture of the school and, and those components. I think when it comes to more, you know, the technological components, I will say that the technology does offer new ways to engage with educators and following their lead in terms of how these technologies can be used. So we were just talking to a school leader yesterday who was saying that she found a unique way to differentiate the teaching in her classroom where all of, say, the first standard students in her, in her school were in one room, but then the students were in different WhatsApp groups based on their reading levels. And so the content that they were doing at home, was, which was provided via WhatsApp, was very targeted to their learning levels, but they also had the opportunity to engage with all of their first standard peers in Zoom. And part of what I really appreciate about the type of work that Augustine's doing building this community is that you really can kind of see innovations emerge from the leaders and the teachers themselves, which I think we should be really listening to and, and learning from. Yeah, absolutely. And, and leaders are really the ones who foster that trust within a school. So being able to adopt new technologies is hinging on the fact that the teachers trust that they can make mistakes, like Augustine said, and that their school leaders will support them and will trust them to, to do a good job. So I want to go back to Manal. Maybe you can reflect on what the World Bank has learned about leveraging technology for teacher professional development through the T4T initiative and how you see client countries benefiting from this. The typical challenges that we've always heard is that it's theoretical, it's one size fits all, it's not ongoing, it's not practical. So if technology is going to help and enhance teacher professional development, then we have to make sure it's doing that so in the right way and with the right purpose. What we're seeing and what we're learning is that for there to be meaningful change, we want to make sure that teachers can A, actually participate in teacher professional development. And before they can participate, they first need to be able to access so can they access learning opportunities? Can they access content? Can they access coaches? And when they have access to these learning opportunities, are they able to 
participant and attend. So do their school leaders give them the encouragement and the time and their schedule to be able to participate in these learning opportunities? And are these learning opportunities engaging so that teachers have opportunities to learn from their peers, learn uh, from their coaches, use engaging materials? I love some of the examples we're hearing here of teachers working together across countries, across schools, because that shows engagement. And we know that as adults, we really need to learn through practice, and it's not really necessarily through theoretical means. And the last thing is we want to make sure that they actually apply whatever they're learning into the classroom. So then when we know these are the behaviors that we like to see from teachers, we have to think technology as a tool and think, okay, where can technology help and aid? What are the attributes that technology has? For example, its ability to reach more people, connectivity, ability to simplify two-way communications. There are certain attributes that technology has and how can that enhance or support teacher professional development. And some of the takeaways that we've um, really pulled from reviewing the 400 plus TPD programs and deep diving into these 10 programs that were selected is that we have five main takeaways. First, you need to design for context, which goes back to what we're hearing. So what is the challenge? Is this something that traditional TPD cannot address? And does technology offer a solution? And we have to think what are the needs and what are the um, resources and availability in context? Two, we really have to design with user in mind. So who are the beneficiaries of this? And what access or resources do they have and what are their needs? A lot of the things that we're learning is that use what technology that you already have available. So if teachers have a cell phone in their hand, use that to try and leverage and make content available to them or help them with accessing and connecting to more teachers. If it's radio, that's more widely available. If it's the internet. So we really have to think about the end users and how we can design for them. The third point or takeaway that we're seeing is that technology should enable and not lead the change. So the end goal is not to ensure that every teacher, for instance, has a tablet at hand. Rather, it's to think through, okay, how can technology leverage certain benefits and help resolve some challenges? So the challenge is communications. It's not just about putting an iPad in a teacher's hand or a tablet in a teacher's hand, but it's thinking through, okay, what are the ways that we can use technology to enhance two-way communications and make it more frequent or to reach more teachers at scale? The fourth one is really to embed any interventions into the TPD system. This is important because we have to consider issues of sustainability, issues of scale, whatever you introduce into a TPD program, we want to make sure that this has um, sustainability and that it is integrated at system level so that we can see implementation potentially enhance and reach more people at scale. And the final takeaway is really what we've heard here from Samir and Augustine. It's trial and error, create that opportunity for teachers to experiment, give them the space for trial and error. And this also actually applies at a policy level. So when we're implementing new interventions that are leveraging technology, we have to recognize that there's not a lot of empirical evidence out there on what works well. The pandemic gives us an opportunity to think through, okay, how can we adapt what we have here and how can we test it and see, is it working? Is it really leading to behavior change and changes in teachers' practices in the classrooms? And if not, where can we adjust, tweak, and think through? So these are just some of the main takeaways, and we hope to still even more lessons learned and share them globally and make sure that we're putting these resources in the hands of practitioners and policymakers. I want to thank you, Manal, Augustine, and Samir, and really the whole 
World Bank team for having me and for this really interesting discussion on the use of technology to train and support teachers globally.